Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello, hello. Welcome to the inaugural show of Sovereign Self, where we weave spiritual awakening into the fabric of everyday living. And today's show is going to be a little bit different today. I have a very special guest host with me today, my senior executive producer, Robert Ciolino. Say hi, Robert. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Sophia. The format of this show is going to be a little bit different than usual since I am going to have a hard time interviewing myself. I decided for the inaugural show that I wanted to really open up my background and my world to y'all so you can understand why I chose to step out and do the show and why Spirit kind of guided me here and what our objectives are in doing this show. And so I invited Robert to very kindly be my guest host. (laughs) A little bit about Robert so you know about him. He has a passion for everything internet. And early in his professional career in the world of online marketing, web development, and social media, uh, he just dove right in and embraced it all. And he came to realize the potential that internet radio has to reach the entire world with a message and how powerful and profound that can be. So he just had to be part of it. (laughs) Robert believes that every Voice America host has their own unique flair and has developed shows with it many of the network's top hosts, whom he calls truly passionate people. Robert can be seen interviewing keynote speakers and guests at many of Voice America's live events across the country. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's been everywhere and done just about everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm proud and pleased to have him as my producer. So take it away, Robert. Thank you, Sophia Renea. First and foremost, welcome to the network. We, we welcome you with open arms. We're excited about your show. We know it's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. And also, I get to work with you. So I want to say thank you for that as well. We are making a great partnership and a team in this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. And you're welcome and all of that all at the same time. Because I have to say, you know, I've been approached by other producers over the years. Um, about this and that, and we should do something, but you're the one that it has really resonated with. And, you know, they would come with these, oh, I've got this screaming deal for you. And I'm like, yeah, but I've got no, no vibe with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And we try our best to really fit producer with talent, because if it's not a great symbiotic type of relationship, it doesn't grow. So thank you. And I want to, really sort of dive in a little bit as well and maybe talk a little bit about how we met and also how the progression went and then dive in a little bit about you and your background, which is amazing by the way, and moving. So (laughs) first and foremost, how long ago was it that we first started this journey together? It was something like three, three and a half years ago. And if you're listening to this on Voice America Influencers Channel, you know, you can get a behind the scenes peek at what goes on during all the breaks and everything. If you go to (laughs) sovereignself.live. No, wait, 
I take it back. No, that's where it live streams. Scratch that. (laughs) The new host error. You need to go to facebook.com slash transformation space. And that's where we stream the the behind the scenes stuff. (sighs) We'll we'll get the kinks worked out of me here in a minute. (laughs) So anyway... Uh, Three and a half years ago, this was a little while after I'd had what's called a kundalini awakening. Um, That's a form of a spiritual awakening where a lot of, what do I want to say, psychic gifts and psychic sensitivities come online. And because of the direct connection into the divine that happens as that energy unfurls and and takes root in your being and in your life. So anyway, now that I've explained what that is, I'm going to back up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd I'd been about a year and a half past that rather dramatic point in my life when my spiritual advisory council, I call them my spiritual team, came to me and basically put the thought in my head that I should be doing a show. You need to do a show. And they brought it around several different ways. And I went, Okay, so my box checker came out. <laughs> I, I tend to check off boxes. And so I went to a girlfriend whose radio show I'd been on a few years previously when I was promoting a telesummit. And I said, so who was your producer? How did you like being with Voice America? And she's like, it was fabulous. I don't have a producer anymore. I've stopped doing the show. My producer you know, went off to greener pastures. She says, but if you contact the station, they'll hook you up with the right person. And so I went and filled out a little online form and got a call from Robert. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you filled out that form. (laughs) And I, I don't know how it felt on your end, but boy, I thought we really connected. And it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that that conversation, that first one we had was well over an hour. I think it definitely was. Yeah, but it might have gone maybe an hour and 20, actually. Yeah, and I, I felt a really strong resonance with you at that stage. I was very early in my path. And much of my healing was focused around the physical aspects almost exclusively. And I know you had a story in that area as well. Very true. Yes. Little little commonality there <laughs> getting through that. <laughs> it's like, but I'm going to be shy and I'm not going to share what it was. <laughs> oh, I'll share. But, um, but enough about me at the moment. <laughs> no, I have a question, though, which is really interesting because you were going through the physicality and all of that. And also, you were doing some amazing things in your career. I mean, global strategist, you know, biophysicist. All of these things are, are just expansive. And to go from that and stepping into where you are now is, is part of the journey as well. Oh, it, it was a massive time warp. And so are you kind of indirectly asking me to fill in some of those blanks? <laughs> a little bit. And then, and then I'll, I'll share my little bit of the story too, as far as, as you know, what I went through physically and, and healed through as well. But I Fabulous. Think so. um, yeah, I, growing up, I came from a very concrete family. And there were concrete goals that were laid out for me. I can remember being a very young child, walking home from kindergarten. And it had been a long day, and it was a long walk home. And I'm going through my mind and going, wow, there is a lot of school ahead of me. Because I had already been informed that I was going to go to college, and I was going to have to go on a scholarship. So I had to get really good grades, 
And so kindergarten, I'm trying to figure out how many years that is. Now, grade school is kind of easy because they all have numbers. And then it gets a little mushy when you get to high school because it doesn't have numbers. And then college was really open-ended, but I figured I was going to be, gosh, at least 18 before I could get out of school and start living. (laughs) I had some optimistic uh, expectations there. Seems so far away at that point in time, too, I'm sure. I know, but I was very tied up in the, the box checking. And so, you know, do it, being at the top of the class and getting the grades and doing the things that are going to bring in certain amounts of income, okay, because that was highly prized in my family. So I ended up checking off all of those boxes. I got a full ride scholarship to college. I was a fellowship student when I went to grad school and I studied. Well, I started in molecular biology, but I really enjoyed the chemistry aspect of it. And the more you get into the chemistry aspect of it, if you're going to the fundamental principles, you have to go to physics. And this is how I ended up doing biophysics. It's like, let's grow this thing, let's create it, and let's go put it in a great big magnet or a, or a electron accelerator, and let's see what it does. <laughs> and let's see if we do it, if we mutate it, what that does. And so <laughs> that was the kind of thing that I was dialed into. And I was very much a two plus two is four show me. Uh, It's got to be replicatable. There's got to be proof. And don't talk to me about any of this woo-woo, frou-frou stuff. (laughs) Because I'm I'm a concrete kind of girl. And that's where I was. And that's where I spent most of my career. And I got down to the end of grad school. And I came to a realization that scientists are really their own guinea pigs. And I wanted kids with the right numbers of fingers and toes. And I wanted to live a long, healthy life with my husband. He's an amazing man. And I didn't want to see that cut short. So I made the decision after all of this schooling to basically shove it to the side. And I went into computers. (laughs) Because whatever other skill set do I have? You know, this is back late 80s, early 90s. And... If you're running a computer that's attached to a piece of scientific equipment, you have to know how to program, you have to know how to administer, you have to know how to do all of that. So I took that skill set and I went into finance with it and went to work for a Fortune 100 bank. Was that a, uh, now that's interesting, was that, was that an interesting space for you? Did you love that? Was it really driving you? Initially, I hated it. <laughs> Because the door into this is always you start as a computer operator, which is an extremely brainless position, which is enough to drive someone like me totally wonko, like just stab me in the eye with a pencil. And so, of course, I had to find things to keep my big, busy brain entertained. And so I started working with the little problems that were around me. Okay, because they were in the process of consolidating data centers and the information was all over the place and you couldn't even find a freaking phone number for the person who supported the system that you were trying to deal with. 
So I started literally with the phone list. <laughs> I'm going to organize the phone list. <laughs> and then I'm going to go organize the file system. And then people start to notice that you're doing this stuff. And so you start getting thrown into bigger, deeper problems. And pretty soon I am the, the problem solver for the data center. And then pretty soon after that, they're going, why do we just want her taking care of problems in this data center? Let's have her move data centers into this data center. I mean, the complexity just skyrocketed, right? Amazing. <laughs> and I, I absolutely hated things that happened every night. So I would ruthlessly exterminate recurring problems. And that got me an amazing reputation as well. I believe it. And that's an amazing skill set too. I mean, not everybody has that skill set. <laughs> and interestingly enough too, sort of segueing into this other spot because we circled around here and we started in this physicality piece that sort of brought you to the, the breaking point, if you will, into the next experience. And I'm, I'm curious too, as to sort of dive into that space. So going from this world right, that you're in right now, which is, which is very analytical and really cool and really interesting to... Um, intensely the, high pressure. <laughs> intensely <laughs> high pressure to the physical part that, that sort of broke you down and to where you came to that moment, to where it all switched. Did this have a play in that? How did that form into that oh, space? Oh, my goodness. Well, while I was doing all this amazing stuff with this Fortune 500 financial institutions data centers... Um, I was not loving life, Robert. <laughs> I would get home on the weekend and I would go, are we there yet? Are we there yet? How many more years until I can retire from this shit? Are we there yet? And don't get me wrong, there were things about it that I loved that really drove me and that I really did enjoy, but it wasn't, wasn't something that I sprang up out of the bed in the morning and said, I'm going to go in there and get them. <laughs> And honestly, as I moved through my life, from the time I was in, hmm, I want to say third grade, second or third grade, every year got significantly harder for me. And I would get more tired and more tired. And it's like I had this backpack behind me. And every year somebody would take a great big boulder and dump it in the backpack and then they dump another one in there. And when I was in college and when I was in grad school, it was always a push to get to the end of the semester, and I would get to the end of the semester and I would collapse. And then when I was in grad school, I wasn't even making it to the end of the semester. I would get to, you know, a couple of weeks after midterms, and I'd start getting sick, and I'm dragging my ass around, and at the end of my first semester in grad school, I, I had walking pneumonia. And so you start to go, there, there's something wrong here, but I'm in grad school, I don't have health insurance, I don't have the money to pursue this, so I continue to kind of slug on. And then I got into the working world and I started to try to explore, you know, what's going on with me. And I'm getting all of these diagnoses of, you know, exhaustion and, well, maybe you have fibromyalgia and, you know, depression and all of this kind of stuff gets thrown around. Maybe it's thyroid, maybe it's rheumatoid, and I'm taking all these medical tests and no one can tell me what, what's wrong with me. So it's like, well, maybe I'm just working too hard. 
right? <laughs> I, I need to take more breaks or something. Wow. And it's amazing sometimes how in the industry, in the medical industry, it's hard for them to pinpoint something, especially if it's out of the norm or asymptomatic or something like that. I'll let you continue in that explanation, but it could be, it can be really frustrating. And, and I understand this within my own experience. So I want to let you continue, but. Yeah, exceedingly frustrating. And we, in through all of this, we're trying to have a family and it's not working and I'm miscarrying and I'm having ectopic pregnancies. And they're like, okay, well, obviously you need to do IVF. We did three rounds of IVF and I'm more exhausted and more tired and more tapped out. And finally, the breaking point came about five years ago. I finally hooked up with a functional medicine doctor who diagnosed me with chronic Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, this should be a happy moment, right, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> At least the discovery part of this, yes. The discovery part of it was extremely hopeful, but um, I was in a bad place. It took a lot to get my soul to get me to wake up and pay attention to something other than the concrete. And when we come back, because <laughs> I sense there's a break coming, when we come back, I can I can let you know precisely what it took to break this hard-headed scientist open. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it when we get back from this short break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing. These don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset, and Love with Thomas DeShooter. We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Influencers. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self 
with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. And we are back and we left on a cliffhanger. So this is really amazing. I, I can't wait to hear the rest of this as we go forward as well. So I'm going to turn this back over to Sophia Renea and let her keep going with that spot that we stopped at. Excellent. So I will give you some context on where I was when I finally got this news that I've had chronic climb for a very, very long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it happened at one of the lowest points in my life. Uh, my husband and I had been going through a financial cycle. <clears throat> with his career, uh, he works in an industry that uh, is shifting. And he works at a very high level in this industry. And when he's employed, it's amazing. Uh, but it, it can be a long time between jobs. And so it doesn't work out to be a very stable income. And we'd gone through three rounds of IVF. And several relocations. Every job meant a new relocation. So there was that investment. You're selling houses, you're buying houses, you're packing all your stuff, you're paying the movers piles of money. And so every time he changed jobs, we actually ended up a little farther behind Mm -hmm. than we were before. And so over the course of 10 years, we were pretty deeply behind the eight ball at that point. Even you know, being savvy financial managers and, you know, living below our means and save, 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 save while he's working. You don't know how long the next period of unemployment is going to be. And we had moved out to Arizona on his, one of his last jobs. And it was supposed to be a three to five year gig. We'd been there just slightly over a year and they came back to him and said, well, we're out of money. It's like, whoa, but you said you had all these multi-million dollars and this project was supposed to go. And they're like, no, sorry. And at that point, I was too sick to work. I couldn't remember what was going on. I couldn't find words. I couldn't tell you what had happened earlier in the day. I was in a bad space. And so the only one who was bringing in money was him and that money stream was gone. And this is where Spirit started teaching me about trust before I even realized that that was what was happening. (laughs) And so we had a conversation about where his career was at and what he needed to be able to stabilize it. And it was either a medical degree, a law degree, or an MBA. And he decided the MBA was going to be the best choice, which is fabulous but we're in debt and we have no income and how is this supposed to happen, right? (laughs) Not only are we in debt, but we're so badly in debt with no prospects for income that bankruptcy is like not even an option. It's the only option. (laughs) So I talked to this bankruptcy attorney and he was amazing. And he'd come to me through some some spirit-guided channels Again, looking back, I could go, yes, they totally paired me with him. And he was able to figure out how we could manage to pay for grad school for my husband and protect that money from the trustee getting a hold of it 
And it's like, wow, okay, fabulous. So grad school's on. And we get him enrolled. And we're looking for some sort of income to to keep us through. I mean, bankruptcy is all well and good. The debt goes away, but it doesn't feed you. <laughs> so he had volunteered to help a friend of his at a, at a professional show, volunteering at the booth and this sort of thing, because it was one of the places we'd lived previously, and he was going to hobnob and network with some of his friends. And while he was at that show, he was offered a job back in Indiana, where we'd just moved from. <laughs> Now, it was a third of what he was used to making, but it's a job. And the debt is going away in the bankruptcy, so sold. We'll take it. So we mailed him off to Indiana, and I'm emailing everyone that I know in Indiana. If I have your email address, you got an email from me. And I basically asked the list for, I need a place that he can lay his head at night and sleep, I need a shelf in the refrigerator and a place he can plug in his laptop. That's all we're asking for. And we're willing to pay you money for it. Tell me how much you want. If you have a guest room, please, please respond to me. And that was my expectation. And I got a lot of no's back on that email, but I got one yes that blew my mind. Uh, We had a former neighbor whose mother passed. She couldn't sell the condo. And she's like, well, why don't you come and... Just house-sit the condo for me. It can't sit there empty. Um, I, I can't charge you rent for it because it's in a retirement community and I'm not allowed to lease it out. <laughs> I'm like, fabulous. So we mailed him off and it had furniture in it, Robert. It had cooking utensils. It had all of the basic stuff you need for life in it. So it was a fabulous p- place for him to land. Oh, so we're amazing. going through the bankruptcy I can't work. He's employed at a third of his salary. We finally get the bankruptcy started, and I'm able to join him in Indiana, having sold a bunch of our stuff. It's a little tiny, tiny condo. We're squished into this thing. And physically, I've deteriorated to the point that I can't even sleep. My brain function is so bad. It won't go through the proper cycles to sleep. And having gotten this information that I have Lyme disease, of course, the box checker that I am, I call the insurance company. (laughs) Like, insurance company, what can you do? And basically, they told me 60 days of antibiotics, that's it. None of the other stuff this doctor is recommending that you do. Oh, and by the way, as we're getting off the phone, your doctor is no longer in network. Wow. So now everything he's recommended is cash which we don't have. Is the um, universe speaking really loudly right now? I mean, is it sort of coming into view? Is it really guiding you and telling you what the next steps are? Is it starting to gel? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's speaking loudly outside of the box. I've, I've got in my mind that there is a direction I need to go to get to this end of wellness. And that is through the allopathic medical community through this doctor's program and I have to find money to get there. Okay. And on a good day, because I had kind of good and bad days with this, I sat down and I did the math on what he was recommending and it was going to cost between 18 and $24,000 for the first year of treatment. And he figured it would probably take two. Hmm. 
that's a major nut to crack. Now, you know why I called the insurance company. Yes. Of course, told me to go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm like, well, what else can I do? We've already committed his retirement money to his continuing education. We've declared bankruptcy. The trustee has the rights to everything that we bring in. How are we going to make this happen? And so, there was only one option that, that came to me at that point, and that was call dad, right? Let's see if dad can help. And I called dad, and the bank of dad was empty. And that was a really low place for me because I had just ticked off every box on my sheet, and I did not have an answer. And did an answer come? Well, I was laying there that night because, you know, it's nighttime. You go to bed, you try to sleep. (laughs) And I wasn't. I was getting maybe 45 minutes of actual sleep over the course of the night. The rest of the night, I just kind of laid there and paid attention to my breathing. And it was around 3 in the morning. I'd been rolling around all of this stuff. I couldn't even calm my brain that night. It's like, there's got to be a way out. There's got to be a way out. I can't see it. I can't find it. Maybe I can get a a brain-dead job. And it's like, no, I don't even have enough brain cells to get a brain-dead job. A 30-minute dinner takes me three hours to put on the table right now because I have to continually remind myself of where I am and what I'm doing. So that's not going to work. I don't have the energy. I don't have what it takes to help us pull out of this situation. And my husband's working a full-time job and he's taking a full-time course load. It's not like he can get a second job. The bank of dad is empty. The insurance company told us to piss off. I'm, I'm screwed. I don't have a way out. And I finally said, God, and this is the first time in like 30 years Okay, since I left my parents' house, I haven't talked to him in any way. And from my soul, I said, I will do anything to get better. And there was this part of my brain that went, you should qualify that. (laughs) And I went, nope, not going to qualify it. I will do anything, full stop. And I got a miracle, Robert, because I fell asleep. Uh, that's amazing. Not only did I fall asleep, but I fell asleep for like five hours, which was like an amount of sleep I hadn't seen in months. <sighs> and, you know, you'd like to think after something like this that it was like gongs and bells and everything was beautiful. But the truth of the matter is I was led to the solution on this thing over the course of about two weeks. Um, And it involved going back to the doctor that the insurance company wouldn't pay for and telling him basically, I can't afford you. (laughs) And then he turned around and said, okay, I know somebody I can refer you to. Since insurance isn't an issue, you know, this guy's half the price that I am, which is like, okay, that's fabulous. I'll start with that. And he's got a, a depth of experience in parasites, which is what Lyme disease is. It's a parasite. And he 
approaches it from a more holistic perspective. He's a naturopath and he's an herbalist. I'm like, okay, fabulous. So I went to see the naturopath and the herbalist. (laughs) And I sat with him and he had a plan for me that was three months long. Oh, amazing difference. Yeah. And from two years down to three months, fabulous. And he, sure, he would send me home with three or four bottles of, of herbs or whatever, but it was still less than a stupid IV treatment of antibiotics. <laughs> and probably much better for you in the long run as well. Absolutely, absolutely, because we'd already started antibiotic treatment for the Lyme, and it was terrible. It was killing me. And this was so much gentler. And while I was there, there were even more amazing things that developed for me. Um, because there was stuff that started unraveling for me as I'm going through this process. When I was talking to the naturopath, I said words that I had never expected I would ever say to anybody because I've never felt this way before. And it was, you have to make me well because I need to get on with my mission. I, I was just punching the clock before Robert. And it popped out of my mouth, and I'm like, wow, I wonder what my mission is. (laughs) Where did this come from, right? It it was just mind-blowing. But the other thing that happened at that appointment that had a much bigger effect on my life than I ever expected it would was I ran into a book in his waiting area. And the title of the book was The Emotion Code, and that intrigued me because I've never figured out how to deal with emotions. They've always puzzled me. The only thing I learned from my stoic, Germanic, Nordic parents was push that shit down and ignore it and soldier on. Okay. And I can remember telling a counselor that I'd gone through. She's like, why are you here? I'm like, the boxes have gotten too deep. I can't move anymore. <laughs> it's it's like the night before the moving truck arrives and you can't move through the house because everything's out of its containers in boxes and piled everywhere. That's what my emotional life is like. And if I knock one of these boxes open, it explodes and all of the crap is exactly the way it was when I stuffed it in there. How do you process this stuff? And no one could ever answer that question for me. So the fact that this book said emotion code on it was like, oh, Here's somebody who might know. And so I picked up the book and I started like leafing through it. And I'm just like getting into the introduction. And the person who left it on the table came back for it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no sure way to get me to buy a book. (laughs) (laughs) So I bought the book and I started working my way through it. And it's an actual process to release the emotions from these boxes and to take down what he describes as a heart wall. And I started taking down the heart wall because I was quite confident I had one. (laughs) And this book allows you with muscle testing to identify if you have one and what's in it. And that was appealing to the scientific side of myself because with the muscle testing, you can validate that You can replicate that. The scientist in me likes that. So I started taking down the heart wall, and shit started changing. Oh, my gosh. 
I started feeling the feelings of the people around me in Walmart. I started seeing things I hadn't seen before. I started hearing things that no one was speaking. It's just like, oh, here it is. Here's this little, I'm getting these intuitive thoughts and understandings about the people around me. And I don't know what to do with any of this. I've always been an empathic person, meaning like if they play a Hallmark commercial on the the TV or an AT&T long distance commercial. I mean, I'm, I'm the first one you know, <laughs> sobbing and crying, but this was a whole different level. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's amazing to me. So there was this moment where you're humbled and you ask for help that you haven't asked for in 30 years. Then there's this answer that comes and then there's this healing that's happening. And then this book and then this breakthrough. And now all of these things that are coming to you, was that hard to handle? That was incredibly hard to handle because the scientist in me is does not know what to do with any of this. And I'm like, geez, am I really feeling what that lady over there is feeling? And all of these experiences, the logical mind gets a hold of and goes, yeah, okay, whatever, poo, poo, poo. Until I came home from the grocery store one afternoon. We're in a retirement community, as I mentioned, and my neighbors are in their 80s. And she's helping him into the house. And he's in a major, major hurting way. And so, screw the groceries. I'm going to go help them. And I I help them in the house, and she's going to go call the kidney doctor because it's gotten so much worse, and see if they can get him in on an emergency and what they can do. And so, I'm left in the living room with him. And he was a minister all of his adult life you know, and a very religious man, and his eyes are closed, and he's praying. I'm holding his hands, and I'm not used to this praying thing, so I've got my eyes closed, and I guess we'll just have to come back to this after our break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success 
is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through that break. I'm, I'm sure that if you were on Facebook Live checking it out, you got to watch the behind the scenes. And if you weren't, thank you for rejoining us. And we, we left off at a really uh, amazing, emotional, heartfelt moment where Zofia was explaining a piece of information, and I'm going to let her bring that back to us right now. Absolutely. I was uh, in the living room with my neighbor, and he's 83 He's, he's had a good long life, and I'm holding his hands, keeping in company as he's praying. And to be companionable, I closed my eyes. And when I close my eyes, I see this little teeny tiny flame, like a pilot light. that's just on the edge of going out. It's unsteady, and it's flickering, and I'm given the information that this is his life force that I'm observing, and he's on the edge and I didn't in the moment acknowledge even who I was talking to I, I asked can we do something about that and all of a sudden it flares up into this great big fire and he drops my hands and he looks at me and he says are you a healer and I went uh and I'm looking around <laughs> who's who's he talking to right <laughs> no no healers here <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to come up with something to say and I'm just tripping over my tongue and his wife comes back from the other room and saves me from having to come up with any kind of an answer oh, we've got an appointment we've got to get going right now and so I'm like okay great bye <laughs> and I just scooted out of there I'm like Shoo! the ice cream's melting bye <laughs> And it took me a couple of days to get up the nerve to go back next door because the scientist in me has been thrown for a complete and total loop. And after two days, I convinced myself that it was all my imagination. I'm just going to go next door and see what the doctor had to say. And, you know, can I bring him soup or something, right? (laughs) So I'm knock, knock, knock. And his wife answers the door. Oh, it's so good to see you. Come on in. Jay's feeling fabulous. I'm like, oh, really? What did the doctor have to say? Come on in. And he's, you know, trucking around the living room and all smiles. He says, I don't know what you did, but it was fabulous. By the time I got to the doctor's office, I was feeling so good. And they put me through all the tests. And I, I had normal kidney results. 
I haven't had normal kid results in years. You know, he's got a an inch deep file folder at the doctor's office that says that his kidneys don't work worth shit. And he's back. That's amazing. And the scientist in me has to sit down and shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> I've got no explanation for that in the scientific world where kidneys just spontaneously start working again. And so that was the moment when I had to just let go and say, okay, this is what's happening. And this is part of what I agreed to when I said I will do anything. So it's time for me to surrender to the I will do anything. And it was at that point that I was connected with a medical intuitive who was actually the son of the naturopath I'd been sent to who was an amazing and fabulous support to me as I was going through this opening up process because there was nobody in my social circle I could talk to about this. <laughs> like, you what? <laughs> uh, it took me a couple of months before I felt like I could talk to my husband about it because I'm a scientist married to a scientist we have been scientists together for 20 odd years at this point. And now all of a sudden the scientist is going to just pitch it all over and become a mystic. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a long time to work up my nerve, but eventually I did. And he took it much better than I, in my imagination, ever expected that he would. Um, I think it helps that his mom is a very fey kind of person who who talks to angels and thanks them for parking spots and this sort of thing. <laughs> so he kind of grew up with some of that Catholic mysticism, I guess you would describe it as. So it was easier, I think, in some ways for him to accept it than it was for me. It's interesting. It's nice that your partner in your life and in your world and in your love is accepting and just didn't put up a wall. I mean, you're tearing down your walls and it's nice that there wasn't just this wall that went up and now you're separate and alone. Yeah. And that was my concern. And that's why it took me so long to work up to telling him because I tell him everything else, but that, that one was like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Hard when you're struggling with something to let somebody else in. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I'm so glad I did. So glad I did. That is amazing. So there's so much more in there. I know that. And I know that you'll go into things further and further along the line as your show continues as well. You'll be bringing little bits and pieces of yourself. And as other listeners start to have that journey and that discovery with you, I would love to hear, and I'm sure your listeners would as well, what the thought process is for the show and what you would love the listeners to, to gain from the show and where you're going down the road with that. Right. Well, as I've gone through this process, okay, and my process was abrupt and extremely disconcerting, and I seriously thought I was losing my mind at several points going through this. Um, and the story that I've told you about what I've experienced, that's like the, the just scratching the surface level of some of the stuff that went on over that two-week period. Uh, and so if I had not had 
this medical intuitive that I could talk to on a periodic basis. I don't know where I'd be today. And so I see this show as sort of being a lifeline for people who are struggling with this awakening process because it can be a struggle. And when I first awakened, I thought it was like a one and done thing. I'm like, okay, I'm great and I'm fabulous and I'm going to go out and heal and save the world and I'm all that and a side of chips. Okay, well, <laughs> the, the ego shit gets smacked down in a hurry. <laughs> um, awakening is, is literally a process and I have experienced it as a growth phase and then you plateau and you integrate for a while. And then sometimes it even feels like you drop back and you lose something before the next growth phase kicks in and then you plateau again. And it's a repeating process like this. And when you're in those pullback phases and when you're in those growth phases, especially the early ones, it can be a very lonely place to be. And sometimes when you're growing into your stuff, it's nice to be able to see what other people have gone through. Not so much that, oh, I should be experiencing my clairvoyance exactly the way someone else does. No, that's, that's not it. We're, it's a one-room schoolhouse, and we all have different gifts and different predispositions and different ways we experience these. Uh, but that there's hope and that there are people who've gone through similar things. Initially, when I came into this, I'm, I'm a knower primarily. That's, that's my primary source of information is knowing, followed by a physical empathy, which is I, I feel what's going on in your body and in your system. And learning to like turn that down <laughs> <laughs> is hugely helpful. <laughs> you were reading my mind there. I was that's like, I was wondering how because you Because you can't go to Walmart with that <laughs> stuff turned all the way up and wide open. It'll make you nuts. And so I find it helpful to hear what other people have done to cope with their abilities, how they have learned to turn up and turn down or turn on or turn off. Uh, as well as the cycles that they've gone through and what the experience is for them. Because there are people who see. I, I don't see clairvoyantly the way other people describe seeing clairvoyantly. I get a knowing and it's a mental picture kind of thing. But there are people who literally look at you and go, oh, well, look at that. Robert has an aura and it's wonderfully green and purple. And <laughs> okay, well, fabulous. You know, maybe one day I'll experience that, but that's not how I experience it. I get the information about what your aura is. Yeah, that's I, very I don't physically see it. And so it's helpful to hear from people who, what do I want to say, don't have the Hollywood style abilities. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And so it gives you other models that you can tap into and recognize. And there are people who didn't shut themselves down completely when they were children, who didn't go through this dramatic awakening. There are process awakenings that happen as well, where bit by bit, gradually, it becomes more apparent and more clear that you're being guided and you gradually work your way into these things as opposed to, well, we're going to flip the switch and give you every experience over the course of two weeks. 
(laughs) (laughs) Crash course. (laughs) Crash course. You're a quick learner. Here you go. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So that's why I want to bring this show out here. And there are many people who go through this process who don't choose or who are not guided to, it's kind of a combination of the two, to leave what they were doing and move into something else. Now, I was kind of kicked out of it, if you will, (laughs) because my soul basically said, you're going to sit down over here. We're going to take away all your money. We're going to take away your ability to do shit. We're going to take your ability to think. We're going to put it all on the sideline and see what you're going to do with that, right? (laughs) I think that's amazing that it knew exactly what, and it always does, what you needed for your discovery. To get me there. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas there are other people where the awakening comes, it's a more gradual, graceful thing, and they go, oh, wow, look at the possibilities where I am right here to be able to make a difference in the world and to be able to touch people and to introduce them to spiritual concepts that they maybe haven't been exposed to before. And so I love having the conversations with the spiritually guided people like yourself, Robert, who continue to do very mundane things (laughs) with a much higher purpose in mind. Thank you. I love doing what I'm doing, too. And I love working with, with amazing people and just helping them bring themselves forward. And it is amazing. My life was touched by a medical intuitive a long time ago, and I won't go deeply into that, but that saved my life. I mean, you know... Back in 2006, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for someone that just looked at me and said, this is what you need to do. There is something going on. Take care of it. And I listened, and I'm here today because of it instead of probably six feet under. Yeah, because I can tell you from personal experience, it's easy to just push the health stuff to the side and go, well, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that after I've had the baby. I'll deal with that after mom is feeling better. I'll deal with that after I've gotten my promotion or launched my business or whatever it is. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't have your health, you're done. No, absolutely. And wow. And your story is strong. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> I don't do anything by half measures. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. So are there other things that you'd like people to know? I mean, some of the really cool, I don't want to give away your whole, you know, show as it goes forward, but are there other really cool highlights that you want to sort of give glimpses into here in the last? We've got, we've got some really amazing people coming on the show here. We've got um, people who are guided different ways. I've got uh, a guest who's coming who has learned to recognize the invitations from the universe, the invitations that your council puts in front of you and to accept those. Um, I've got a woman who continues to work in the fashion industry and, and the, the luxury goods industry after her awakening, and she sees it as a spiritual service, which I know many people find challenging. So there are all kinds of wonderful guests who are coming down the line. There are too many to mention in the last 30 seconds that we have here. Um, But we can continue this conversation on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash transformation space, you can comment on the show and ask more about the guests that are coming up. Uh, You can follow me on LinkedIn. 
linkedin.com slash in slash Zofia Renea Morales, the Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A-M-O-R-A-L-E-S. And we can stay in touch and you can learn more about what's going on and the amazing people that I've got coming forward. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 